I pray to the Lord that he be saved, that he be not only on the cusp of this, but he see that he's missing the content of the Bible in the song Bible's Verses. Welcome to Amelia Baptist Podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to Amelia Baptist Roundtables. We are glad that you are here with us today. Uh, We have noticed that there um, is a lack of repentance presented in our culture when we talk about the salvation of Christ. All of this uh, that we're talking about over the next few weeks is painted against the backdrop of the book of Revelation and the letters to the seven churches that begin in Revelation chapter 2. And as we see the letters of Revelation, we see that there are churches that are struggling with different things, that are also strengths commended uh, in these churches from Christ through the Apostle John, who is uh, isolated on the island of Patmos in exile. And Pergamum will be talked about this Sunday at Amelia Baptist Church. So if you are not subscribed to our Amelia Baptist Church YouTube channel, we would love to see you prescribed, subscribed, or prescribed, uh, but your medication is none of my business. We're prescribing this for <laughs> We're prescribing our Amelia your Baptist soul. Church subscription. <laughs> uh, as I prepare for these sermons, Dylan, I listen to random music um, on no way. music. I don't have Spotify like everybody else. and yeah. It's like a sin. Even. We're on Spotify. The, the podcast is on Spotify, but yeah. I listen to it. Content on Spotify, but he doesn't listen to Spotify. It so. almost it's almost hypocritical, but yeah. I do listen uh, to uh, podcasts on Apple uh, products, which is what I own and have all around my house. Uh, but we're Apple Music subscribers. We do that family plan and everything. That's not a plug. I get no money from that. Uh, not uh, near notorious enough for that. Over the years, my wife is she's a pretty big country music fan. At least she'd say that she was older country right up until like some of the 90s country not so much what the last 20 years has put out um as far as country music's concerned but but i did really in seminary start listening to brad paisley and i've liked my share of country and i've listened to at least enough to when you get on the radio portion of your apple music it's a specific you know station for your interests and uh what when i was listening to it while i was working on revelation chapter two or the study of it uh, a song came on by Blake Shelton. I rarely listen to anything Blake Shelton, and that's not out of protest or anything, but that, that was uh, had to be something related to the Brad Paisley pickup as it sort of made a perfect radio representation of my interests. Um, and, and one of the songs that, that came on was a new one he has written called Bible Verses. And here I am studying Smyrna, studying Pergamum. Uh, I had finished the book of, uh, or the, not the book, but the church of Ephesus, which is the first church uh, written to in Revelation 2. And I'm looking at all these strengths and all these weaknesses. And we'll look at Pergamum a little closer in the podcast today and sort of how it relates to what we're about to talk about. Uh, but I did notice that there is just a serious lack of repentance and change Almost justifiably so. So all of our listeners will be really, really surprised that your uh, overview of this turned into an online rant. It did. It's not surprising. Anyone yeah. who knows me knows that I took that was sarcasm. I took to the web where people go to solve their grievances. Uh, it's it's a notorious place where everything's handled with care and discernment yes. and poise. Yeah, and it's a, it's so, a good platform for. Uh, uh, thoughtfully discussing your point of view. Right. And so this is what I I started to say, uh, sans your sarcasm. I started to say, uh, earlier on in the week, and this is, this was my pickup after hearing Bible verses by Blake Shelton. I said, if your version of Christianity can be found in the song Bible verses by Blake Shelton, 
and you happen to live in our county, I'd be happy to open the word, share the true gospel of Jesus Christ and the true purpose of the Bible with you anytime. Blake's song is everything wrong with the remnants of the former Bible Belt cultural Christianity. I say former Bible Belt because I'd like us to be called something else. We are no longer a Bible Belt in terms of loyalty to the church, to God's holy word, understanding the word, a fight for biblical inerrancy, um, understanding the word of scripture to the point where you fight for doctrine, you know your doctrine. We are plagued in the South with a lot of churches, few Christians, and a lot of cultural Christians. We've, this is not the first time on the podcast we've mentioned that term. Be happy to link some other podcasts in the comments where we have discussed cultural Christianity. That will not be hard to find. But I wanted to start by reading um, some lyrics to Blake Shelton's Bible verses. He starts by saying, I ain't ever worn a halo. Don't suppose I ever will. As far as saving me goes, it's a battle up a hill. But I keep climbing, trying, fighting. Now, already you sort of see. <laughs> You're like, whoa. <laughs> right. Already you sort of see, okay, well, right off the bat, there's nothing wrong with someone trying. Uh, the church of Ephesus in Revelation 2 is commended for their hard work. But we want to be very clear what we mean when it comes to salvation, which is what Blake is pointing at in this song. Yeah. He says, got a King James in the dresser, and I take it out sometimes. But Lord knows I ain't measured up to what's inside. They say, but that's okay but I keep praying for the day that I can open up that good book and heaven don't look like it's out of reach when it feels like those apostles are giving me the gospel and not the third degree. There's that, an obvious that one slight, right there was like right there to anyone who pre- preaches a true gospel that offends people. You will notice more and more in the lyrics of this song that the subject matter and the centeredness of this song is man and man's feelings and not the doctrine of Christ, not Jesus Christ. And you'll, you'll be like, Adam, it's just a country song relax just listen but to this the rest is our culture of the podcast yes. i promise you i just wanted to read like bible verses and not the bible versus me and it's classic country to take the word verses and and do the word play there and sort of make it a hook i'm nothing against that but the lyric is treacherous the point of the word of god is to counter the nature of of man. If we cannot stick to that principle, then we will look at the Bible in and of itself from Genesis to Revelation as one giant advice column that we will use until it offends us too much. He goes on to say, I woke up in last night's clothes and it's whiskey on my lips. It's always whiskey. And ask our Presbyterian and Anglican friends. There's nothing wrong with whiskey. What he's insinuating is that he's, it's drunkenness, right? He's saying getting plastered on a Saturday night. He's not even the first country artist to say, you know, did what I want on Friday, went out and did what I wanted on Saturday night, and then I made it to church on Sunday morning. And everything's good with everything's me. Everything's fine. Give me a lot of sweet tea and a little Jesus. It's the same depiction of cultural Christianity where there's no real pursuit of holiness, but just justification for one's actions under the guise that they've recognized their hurt. Yeah. And I, and I think one key as I, you know, listened to the song and, and read over just the lyrics of this is the fact that really the gospel is created to bring conviction. If we aren't following Christ, if we're not believers, the whole point of the gospel is to show us our need for the gospel. And so what he's calling here, basically uh, uh, condemnation or judgment is really the working of God's spirit and the word of God and the gospel through the apostles right. 
to convict us, to bring us to that point where those same words, once we're in Christ, those same words are comforting. They aren't condemning. And so what he's hoping for is a relationship. Like when he says here, um, you know, where, when the, when it feels like the apostles are giving you the gospel, they gave you the gospel. I mean, that's the whole point of what they they wrote was the gospel so that, but what he's feeling that, that condemnation or whatever that's conviction, not condemnation of who he is. Yeah. And it's just mixing up and it's all about feeling it. And it's all about, you know, how you feel about what God said. Yeah. And so you're able to then take the Bible and pick out what you like and throw away what you don't like. Um, and, and anyway, this is, the, it gets me worked it's, up. It does. <laughs> it's set, this is said. Now I want to make sure this is known because I don't yeah. want our podcast to seem like we are holding because because here, here are going to be the responses because there's some of the kind responses that were online yes adam we need to pray for blake shelton adam we need to we know that this man obviously is searching he's just not right let's not this is not a personal attack on blake shelton this the the issue you're hearing and maybe some of the aggravation you're hearing is that this is influencing an entire culture some of these lyrics like mind on fishing by trace atkins and and the like are a huge reason why Righteous woman after righteous woman is attending church every Sunday by themselves. This has become an indoctrination. We need to be very serious that music, movies, entertainment, celebrity, of course, it has influence. There's a level yeah. level of susceptibility for us all. We have to be careful what we're putting in our minds. So, of course, I'm hoping, like Blake and any other soul destined to hell because of their sinful nature, I pray to the Lord that he be saved, that he be not only on the cusp of this, but he see that he's missing the content of the Bible in the song, Bible's Verses, which is Jesus Christ himself. The reason why he will never work up that hill enough for salvation is because heaven came down. But Dylan, to what you were saying, uh, this has everything to do, songs like this, Blake's not the only one, songs like this are about the complete lack of honesty. Uh, It really perpetuates sort of an image and a look. And that's what I think I've really grown the most tired of. And of course, I'm guilty of these things as well, to where you put out an image like you're just a good old boy trying. And you say that, but your life doesn't look like that. That's what the problem is, is that I feel like there is man after man, not just in the Bible Belt, but all over the world, that really do feel that just because they've acknowledged they're not good enough, that they are somehow good with God, that they have somehow mistaken the humility we are supposed to have in acknowledging salvation and Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, mm-hmm. and the, by faith we have been saved through grace, right? Or grace we've been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. They've somehow made that or turned that into just this faux pas humility where, oh, I've recognized how bad I am, so God and I are good. And what is the key thing missing here? Repentance. So just a few things right off the bat uh, that, that are kind of wrong with, with Blake's song, but not to harp on it too much. Um, there, there's obviously this victim mentality in the country song uh, that ignores the true saving gospel. But I will note that it's not country songs or country singers' job to give us the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not holding him to a despicable standard. I'm telling you what the problem is because some of this stuff has invaded the churches and the pulpits. But number one, our works don't save us. They never will. Faith does. God's not impressed with our acknowledgments of what is right if all we do is live out the opposite. 
Uh, a true faith is seen in good works. Good works don't get us there, but they are evidence that we have heard and are responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just because we acknowledge the truth doesn't mean we can live like an unbeliever and see heaven. We will live flawed. We will live imperfectly, but we will live with repentance and confession. And I think that's important to note. I'm just going to stop you right there yeah, because please. it's easy I'm sure for some people listening to say, well, you're, you're putting forward an impossible standard. Like we're going to mess up. We're going to fail in the Christian life. We're not talking about perfection here. We're talking about holiness and there's a difference. Absolutely. And we said that over and over again on this podcast and we'll continue to say that what we're talking about is, is your life reflecting the gospel? Right. Uh, is there fruit being shown through the way you live, uh, that shows that you have a, a personal relationship with Christ? Um, and we're not talking about, are you perfect? And I think that's key for us to always keep in mind there. And to reiterate what you said, and I won't go too far into it because you explained it perfectly, but the Bible verses do oppose our nature and we should be thankful for that. The fad of victimhood mentality is detrimental for spiritual growth. You are at the center of these kind of songs. And in the same way we slap Jesus on a T-shirt and call him our homeboy, we are seriously underestimating our need for him and who he is in the salvation process. And seeking is good. Seeking, fighting, struggling, all of that. Aiming towards righteousness, aiming towards holiness. That is the goal. And we are not going to be perfect. And this is not a song about the, the writer constantly thinking he's not going to be perfect. It's more than that. He's saying... I'm going to get there someday. I'm going to be there, but he's not telling you at all how, and it's all coming down back to his own accolades. So it's serious misinterpretation, but let me, just so you think uh, or know for certain that I'm not just picking on country music, uh, Johnny Cash is, uh, when the man comes around, this is a man who was incredibly, if you ever saw a movie, Walk the Line, or read a biography of Johnny Cash, or even heard from Johnny Cash on the mic himself, this man did not pretend to be something he was not. He was serious about his own sinful nature. He admitted his own uh, sinful nature. But in this song, the man comes around, one of the last songs he'd ever write or provide the world, uh, is serious talk of God's love, judgment, and gospel from a man who identified with songs like Hurt from Nine Inch Nails, where he knew what pain was. He knew what suffering was. And it wasn't some hokey, when I get where I'm going. Uh, This was an idea of a man who identified with Hurt. And again, I love Brad Paisley. I'm not making fun of these writers. I'm saying they're missing Jesus in the lyrics. And if they're going to talk about Bible, if they're going to talk about heaven, if they're going to try to kill the country stereotype, they need to be less afraid to talk about what the entire Bible is about. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that is to heaven. You are not in heaven because you are a good old boy going fishing and minding your own business. These things are absolutely non-gospel related. Any unbeliever, any person who denies Jesus Christ can be a good old boy who treats people with respect. That's, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. What we are talking about is fruit of the Spirit based in the Holy Spirit that provides love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control for the glory of God, not for the glory of self. But check out a few of Cash's lyrics here. There's a man going around taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There will be a golden ladder reaching down. I almost want to 
uh, play Johnny Cash's uh, when the man comes around every time I preach Revelation. I think mm-hmm. that would be really well accepted yeah, in our except community. Yeah, we couldn't put uh, the videos on YouTube then because of copyright. <laughs> that's so, true. That's where my job comes in right there. <laughs> Taking care of our copyright issues. <laughs> or I could just wear black, right. all black every yeah. time, which you guys would appreciate that in the sound booth. When the man comes around, the hairs on your arm will stand up. Um, will you partake of that last offered cup? He's talking about salvation. Nothing in this song, if you look through the lyrics, and I'm not going to go through all of them. You can Google them. If you look through the lyrics, whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still. Whoever is filthy. He's taking scripture, putting it in his song, and he's aiming it at the Lord. The man who comes around is Jesus. This is the revelation Jesus that he's talking about in the song. Um, we are talking about not some end of Western, even though with Johnny Cash, you listen to that, it, it looks like it sets the scene that way. But he's taking his genre, he's taking what he does best, and he's speaking the truth in it. And again, I'm not saying this is this, this is the job of country singers. I'm saying that when people of any influence, I don't care if you're writing, painting, whatever it is, if you have an audience, you have a responsibility to know that repentance is a part of this salvation. You can't divorce uh, the art from the gospel. You can't divorce media from the gospel. You can't divorce music from the gospel. Um, and there's a whole discussion on, uh, you know, secular uh, music and stuff for the glory of God and such. And we won't even touch on that and get no. into that. But when you deal with the gospel, make sure it's the gospel and not the gospel you want. Right. That's what I would say. It's exactly right. And, and what does this have to do with the church of Pergamum that we mentioned or the backdrop of revelation? Well, honestly it has to do with everything. The setting of revelation two is John is writing to these churches by way of Jesus uh, Christ to these churches who are suffering in uh, provinces owned by Rome. And while he's writing to these churches, he's telling them the good things about their church. Most of them have great things about their church listed, but he's also saying, but this I hold against you. And he goes into some problems. Now, the churches are actual churches because we get into Revelation and we start saying, well, is this a church in real life or is this symbolism? That's our big question with Revelation. Is this literal or figurative? It's both. It's a real church in Ephesus. It's a real church in Smyrna. It's a real church in Pergamum. These are also symbols of what the future church will see as the future church is also made up of people. I said it the first week we were in Revelation 2 that uh, one thing, two things you can count on. One thing is that people never change. The second thing is that Jesus never changes. And that's where our rest and our faith lie in the second thing. But Ephesus, we knew their problem. They were all head, no heart. Uh, minds full of doctrine, but they weren't loving their brother. They had forsaken their first love is what John said. And then Smyrna actually had no bad things listed about it. It was a small suffering church where it was located. And that is a very tough scripture where uh, John says, basically be ready. People it's coming. The Suffering's suffering, coming. Pain or coming be prepared to suffer for Jesus. Basically the devil's about to have his way with you uh, for a while. And yeah. that's just a very, very, very tough thing to, to see. But we get into Pergamum. And we see that Jesus starts by affirming the church's positive actions. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, even in the days of my faithful witness. And you see, and I want you to think of everything we've discussed so far, there's acknowledgement that Jesus is king. There's acknowledgement. And after their strengths, Jesus took note of their sin. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam 
who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual morality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. You remember in um, Ephesus, the church of Ephesus in Revelation 2, 1 through 7, he mentions the Nicolaitans and the Ephesus church was not abiding in the traditions of Nicolaitans, which another word for unbelievers or pagans. Christians were eating food and had sacrificed to idols. You see some parallelism Mm in Daniel there. Uh, The original Balaam's deceitful work is described in Numbers, of course, and the Nicolaitans are again mentioned in Revelation 2.6. But the point here is Jesus issues a call for them to repent of their sin. Why? Because our Lord, and this is one thing I want you to grab from the podcast today, that our Lord hates religious and moral compromises. That part of belief means that the people of God are to live differently. He calls his people to live differently. And bringing all of this back to our audience, all of this back to our county and the culture most inclined to tattoo the words of Blake Shelton's Bible verses in their eyelids and live by those false pretenses, there exists a compromise in the Bible Belt. And it is seen through an increase in worldliness, but also an increase in justification of that worldliness. There's no real belief without real confession and real change. Um, Jesus, and that can be yeah, loving. That can be done lovingly too. And I think that's the key to understand is it, you can live biblically and by the commandments of Christ and by the teachings of the Bible and do it in a love, loving way. You can hold the standards that God has set forward for morality, uh, for uh, culture, but you can do it in such a way that's loving. There are going to be people who are offended by the word itself absolutely but let it not be offended by us personally in the way that we love through the word of god exactly and i think that's key for us to keep in mind and if i had a chance to talk to blake shelton and tell him one thing it would be the the final promise that jesus makes to the believers in pergamum to him who overcomes i will I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give to him a white stone with a new name written on it. He says tree of life in Ephesians 2, 7, um, known only to him who receives it. He will never give us a task without promising us his presence. And, and I rejoice in that. And so for some guy who's like, I'm trying, I'm fighting, I'm wanting, but it ain't working out. And I hope that someday I just get it enough right. Or someday I hope I look like the pages of the Bible. If you're leaving Jesus out of that equation, you will never get it right. reach that moment of glorification on the other side of this life. It is so pertinent to understand that true repentance involves recognizing that you have thought wrongly in the past. And there's no more Friday and Saturday nights of justification in your future. This is not saying, oh, to live like Christ, I guess I got to be perfect. No, that's not what we're saying at all. The repentant person does not accept that they are living in a pattern of sin. They fight it. True repentance is prompted by godly sorrow, and godly sorrow leads to salvation. And remember that Christ has already climbed that hill uh, for your freedom. So when you talk about it, it's not you fighting up that hill. It's already been done. It's finished. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And he meant that in every sense of that word. Um, And so find hope in that yeah find peace in that and continue to strive for holiness because through christ it's possible right and i think that's the thing to to encourage um it does wear uh down our human nature our sinfulness can be heavy yeah and it can be um discouraging but i think if we keep the gospel the way god 
really said it yeah um in mind it brings a lot of hope within that that uh holiness yeah there, so. that's true that's really good and another thing too just reiteration i know i've said this like three times already but i can just see the comments already starting to form <laughs> i don't want that i don't want there to be misinterpretation i want us to grab the content i am not expecting Blake Shelton's song to be a perfect representation of the gospel. But here's the problem. When you encroach on the Bible for content to write a song, to put on an album, to sell records, because you know, songs like Bible verses in the title are going to grab a specific audience. You need to know what you're talking about. I'm not out there writing books on astrophysics for good reason, because it would be a terrible book that would involve very little astrophysics and a lot of references to Armageddon and deep impact. So yeah. we all have our strengths. Blake's last two lines, I'm just trying to give myself a little grace till those words and me get on the same page. The only way, like you said, like you summed up so well, is that's Jesus who does that. Jesus is how those words get on the same page. So show you again <laughs> that I'm not against country music of any kind. This is not a... If you've hey, listened to the end here <laughs> yeah, and haven't, haven't turned already, it off. Shut it off. I'm like, I love Blake Shelton. You already written out your response How to Adam and send it to him. I, and, and some people are going to be like, you don't see you saying that about Tom Petty. And you're right. I would never say that about Tom Petty. <laughs> and just to show you that I am uh, not opposed to all country music, Cody Johnson's By Your Grace says this. Very popular country song. Cody Johnson, I don't think near as popular as Blake Shelton. But I think he's getting there. I'm aware of everything that's wrong with me, but still you accept me anyway. I live with a past I can't get past, and it still haunts me. So I'm asking for the courage to make a change. By your grace, I have hope. You've already paid every debt I owe. Please take my chains and make me see that by your grace I've been set free. Beautiful lyrics in a modern-day country song of someone who truly understands that it's the Holy Spirit. It's the grace of God. It's by the Spirit of God that we can walk up uh, because heaven came down. So don't miss a Sunday. Remember, discipleship matters. Uh, this is a time to buckle down and to be very careful what comes into our heads because what comes into our heads will come out of our mouths. And if you are a Christian, you are an ambassador of Christ Jesus. If you have any questions at all, email us. Do not be afraid to comment. Even if you're offended, we want to hear it. And uh, if you're a praying person, I think we uh, got one more week until uh, this man's wedding day. Yes. So I'm excited be for you. Be praying brother. for us. It's going to be exciting. Um, and I'm excited to start into this new phase of life here. That's true. So. And then it's all going to be what we talk about. Just every round table is going to be marriage centered. A <laughs> good thing. I'm half of the conversation. That's, <laughs> take have our wives do one and we'll get a ton of yes. time off, but we love you guys. And more importantly, God loves you. Take us out, Claire.